0: What's going on, podcasting world? Welcome back to episode seventy-two. I think. Think so. Consult RX podcast. We got a special
1: guest today, Marissa.
0: Hello. What's going on? Just chilling.
1: Chilling hard. This is podcast number two for her, right? Yes. I would not a veteran, so I wasn't here. Yeah, we went
0: ahead and recorded without you that <laughs> yeah, episode. Yeah. I remember. Marissa and her husband were uh, on. Uh, I don't even remember what episode that was. Probably like in the forties or fifties. I might have been on my honeymoon at that point.
1: Was that the one where I you made fun of me for taking a honeymoon? <laughs> <laughs> Probably very possible.
0: <laughs> so I think um, I where think where I broke uh, your GoPro, by the way. Yeah, you did. Within, know ever, within
1: one day of being there, we're told. I don't know if we ever told that story. And my my brother-in-law actually called me. We're going on a trip to Utah soon, and we talked about how we want to get a GoPro to um to videotape and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he offered it to me, knowing that I currently or previously broke one. And uh, yeah, so he must trust me.
0: Yeah, we we joked about. He asked me, Cole asked me if he could borrow my GoPro. I was like, Yeah, man, I don't care. And he's like, You know, obviously, if, if I messed it up or anything, I'd replace. I was like, Dude, I'm sure you're going to mess up my GoPro. You're totally fine. Take it. First day, boom.
1: Well, there were these two awesome sea turtles. It mm-hmm. was supposed to be waterproof, waterproof and right. within two minutes of being in water, done. So
0: it's GoPro's fault
1: for sure. It definitely is. So,
0: and then we ended up making a situation way better, though, because we bought the new, we one got a, a nicer one. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then we also bought the GoPro Fusion. Right, on top and then you of got it. that right after that? Right. To to ease my suffering yep. from my old GoPro loss. Those are good old days. Anyways, so that's not relevant to the podcast at all. But <laughs> Marissa, how are you doing?
2: Doing well. How are you?
0: Thanks for hanging out with us again.
2: Thanks for having me on.
0: So, um, last time you had mentioned. So, if anybody hasn't heard um, the episode that was that Marissa and her husband were on, I think it's called MD Farm D Power Couple or something like that. Some super catchy uh, name that I made up. But um, the uh, episode you mentioned briefly about how you were going to do um, a special kind of residency that's not the the norm if you will can you tell us a little bit more about that
2: yeah so veterinary pharmacy there are currently four programs in the country and there are five spots um there <laughs> <laughs> you only go low once so um <laughs> nc state uh madison wisconsin purdue and texas a&m is the newest program this year
0: so, what is veterinary pharmacy? You just dispense vet meds, right?
2: Part of it, yeah. <laughs> uh, all of the programs are at veterinary teaching hospitals and so like large um, animal hospitals and things like that. So, tons of different animals and lots of different opportunities for for veterinary medicine.
1: I still—it's so funny because I still get people who are just like, "What well, y'all dispense drugs for?" You know, dogs in the pharmacy. Like I would do it all the time, but like I have no idea if it's safe. You know, I'm like. A whole bunch of trash down looks about right. I know that they can't take ibuprofen, but otherwise, I have no idea how to verify safety of of vet medicines. We had like I think we actually had a lecture on it, but I'm, you know,
0: well, they, we had a whole elective at MU. Yeah, we did, but that. I didn't take it. did take it. Now, did you, Marissa? I did take Surely. it. Oh, right. That's how yeah, okay. I first got That in makes it. sense. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that doesn't make sense. So, um, in. in it's This is more like a clinical pharmacy specialist where you're actually he- working alongside the, the vet, right? You're not actually, Correct. I was joking about dispensing. That's part of it. But um, most of this is making the proper decisions on pharmacotherapy mm-hmm. regimens.
2: So like rounding, I mean, just just like in human medicine, pretty much anything that um, happens in human medicine, disease states, all of that is also in veterinary medicine and, and to some degree or some form. Um, and another thing, it's funny you mentioned about the meds uh, that people don't realize is that most of the medications that are used in veterinary patients are human med. there's more human meds in the veterinary world than there are veterinary specific meds so That's definitely good. a big um and big if i remember
1: um because I, I i did hear like somebody that just talked it was one of our professors she worked at the aquarium in charleston and she was talking about all these crazy like compounds she had to make mm-hmm. because you know not all the animals can just take pills and some topical stuff she had to compound to put under the turtle's shell and all this kind <laughs> of crazy stuff it's pretty cool. So,
0: I mean, what kind of animals are you gonna have to deal with? I mean, are we talking dogs and cats and livestock, or are we talking like anacondas, dinosaurs, maybe a dinosaur,
2: definitely a pterodactyl? No, okay. um, <laughs> that would be
1: awesome. Thought so. <laughs>
2: lots of lots of cats, lots of dogs, um, but also especially like with the large animal hospitals, like you are mentioning, like the livestock and um, equine patients and bovines, and uh, I'm hoping for monkeys. That's, that's mm. my goal, which is really funny because that's Dr. Gaskins that you're talking about working at the aquarium. I uh, hear she's afraid of monkeys, so yeah. we'll see.
0: Why? They're so they're so gentle.
1: <laughs> Especially when they're throwing feces at you. Yeah. I prefer chimpanzees because your your I hear off. That
0: those are really docile.
1: I remember some story from about 10 years ago of some lady's pet. I think it was a chimpanzee. Yeah, it was a chimp. Biting her face off.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not what you want. No. That's why you got to get a chihuahua.
1: I wouldn't do that either. That wouldn't do that either. It's about <laughs> to move.
0: So I saw um, that new, uh, I was forced, let me, let me specify, I was forced to see this new, the new Lion King movie that's like the forced, real animals. What? When are but you forced? I've been doing a lot of research on getting a pet hyena ever <laughs> since I watched that movie. And yeah, I feel good about it. it. Is illegal. Oh yeah, super legal. Yeah, I thought so. In this state, we don't, we're like, nah, it's fine. Have a hyena. It's like a big dog. And
1: on the plus side, it might eat some of your other dogs.
0: Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> see you later, Colby. <laughs> Um, actually there's a question on Instagram, um, Marissa is for you. It says, okay. uh, oh, it says, uh, I think it's just a statement. We have filled for snakes and horses today. I filled a flow vent in Albuterol for a feline. Um, also located about 20 minutes from NC state. That's nice. 40. That's cool. That's awesome.
2: You might make a new
1: friend when you go up there. Yeah,
0: there you go.
2: Let me know if anyone has the monkey hookup out there. I feel like this is my chance. Any mm-hmm. of you out there with a monkey? Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> just post it. Um, I'll post it
0: on Instagram. Later. Never,
1: never filled for a snake. I did have a guy calling, um, he wanted the biggest gauge needle we have, and I, you know, I asked him what it's for, and he said he had to give immunizations to his goat. That's what he said. Mm,
0: so classic goat immunizations. I
1: think we had eight. He's, he's like, you have like a twelve gauge?" I'm like, "Got a shotgun in the back. We don't have any. Don't have any twelve gauge needles." She said, "No monkeys yet. <laughs> no monkeys yet. Fingers <laughs> crossed." Love frost. it.
0: That's funny. Um. So, what what do you like? Do you have a specific animal species that you want to work with the most? Like, do you have any like? Is it reptiles or mammals or big livestock? Equine, okay. What's an equine? So, horses. (laughs) I'm just kidding, (laughs) I got (laughs) you. The equine, not familiar with that species. The uh, that's that's pretty cool. And um, so you said there's five
2: schools, five spots, four four places. NC State typically takes two, um, two. Good job, NC State. So, yeah,
0: so five spots for the whole country, huh? Whole country. I mean, you know, I like the odds, (laughs) yeah. Like twenty percent, yeah, basically. If that's how that works. If, <laughs> I don't think it is. I but, think it <laughs> is. <laughs> so, how uh, many people normally apply? Because it's a lot of. Uh, I feel like that's not a lot of room for
2: potentially not, a lot of people. Not a lot of room. Um, from what I have heard, this past year was the like largest amount of applicants, kind of for all the schools. Um, and I heard like upwards of thirty at NC State, but I, mm. I can't verify any of those numbers for sure. But um,
1: yeah, it's about twenty percent shot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I feel like your math is still off. I don't Cole, know. I think I'm right. It's been a long How's day. <laughs> That's crazy. I would never get in, I feel like. Yeah. i would, I would just quit now. Well, it if if
1: me. If you think a pharmacy class has, um, let's just say a pharmacy class had 100, mm-hmm. you would have to have like 3,000 applicants to that one class for those odds to be the same. Right?
0: Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Sure. That math was actually correct. Okay, okay. I wasn't following All you. Right. I was, still, I was Jeez. just, I was staring at what we're going to talk about today.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, uh, good stuff. Well, that's cool, Marissa. We'll, uh, we'll, and and you just got. Uh, can we talk about the thing you got the email about today? Sure. Cool. Go for it. I don't know if I, that was spontaneous, but I know if I was allowed to say that, say that or not.
2: Yeah. So I got um, one of the diagnostic scholarships, is what they called it um got an email about that today so that was super uh nice. surprising and very um very thankful for that so that's awesome
1: yeah any yeah. scholarships are good scholarships
2: always mm-hmm. i'm still
0: waiting to hear about mine i know
1: <laughs> applied a long time ago Appli-
0: yeah i haven't heard back so i don't feel real <laughs> confident about them but
1: i haven't been paying my loans because i figured those scholarships oh, would take care of
0: it right around the corner right isn't that that's how, how that it works, works. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I've, had, I've talked to some people that are literally like just like deferring their loans and deferring their loans because they're like, I just think the government's going to take over the loans like
2: that. Not the move. <laughs> Seems
1: like a bold strategy. Don't but get your hopes up. Yeah, it's a lot of... Even lot for of- the poor guys who actually qualified for the loan forgiveness stuff, it's apparently turning into a little bit of a fiasco. Because I think last year was the first year that like the 10 years came from when they instituted that program. Oh, really? And there's a lot of people just having trouble like qualifying even though they thought they were going to qualify the whole time Just, oh my gosh yeah. mm-hmm. could you imagine I know. 10 years of either
0: not paying anything or at least having your interest mm-hmm. essentially
1: paying the lowest uh mm. and then yeah and then it not being able to be forgiven well you now owe eight thousand hundred thousand <laughs> dollars <000. laughs> one billion dollars Gosh, student loans are
0: the worst If you can yeah. get around them don't take them <laughs> that's the way to do it that is the way to do it unfortunately I don't school know if, unless so you expensive. have
1: very nice parents i'm not sure you can uh do pharmacy school without that that's true or bed school yeah well, or, or the army i think I
0: dental school is probably the most expensive uh, that's what i hear not cheap no you're gonna have literally a million dollars in debt literally <laughs> per person <laughs> per person all right so today topic i guess we can go ahead and start this now
1: yeah i think the thunder just uh i did We start us off. last time we did a podcast
0: too Hmm, a lot of rain around here. Interesting. Um, so we got an email uh, from one of our listeners, um, Mike, I won't say his last name cuz I don't know if I'm allowed to or not, but um Mike, it's not me. <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> it's not me. It's a different Mike. He it uh, sent us a list of of several uh things that we he wanted us to kind of d- put together for a full episode. Um there are basically some like random questions that most of us have probably encountered at some point or especially
1: another. anyone in the community setting yeah I know i've encountered them and i can think of like four million more that would be interesting to look into um but yeah he he just gave us like 10 questions of things that are similar but not necessarily the same and wanted us to figure out why they're different
0: yes he may already know i don't know it sounds like he kind of did he probably knows the answer to this but it was a good idea for an episode yeah so I like we're it. gonna roll with it
1: so are we going to title this one, What's the Difference, or are we just going to call it?
0: Ooh, what's the difference? You know what I'm saying? I like it. Okay, we'll it's see. A good one. It's very we'll see catchy. if that happens. Oh, what's going to happen now? <laughs> I like it. Remind me later. Marissa, that's your, it's on you. <laughs> it's on All you. All over it. All right, so question one. Marissa, you want to take it away? Because Marissa is the one that actually uh, put together our a little review sheet in full disclosure because everyone who listens knows that Cole and I are very bad at prepping for (laughs) any sort of a podcast.
1: He actually emailed this to me and I was very impressed because it's multiple pages long and I I thought Mike did this on his own and I started reading and, um, there was like some exclamation points, I think, and maybe even a smiley face. And I was like, Yeah, Mike didn't do this.
2: <laughs> Speaking yeah. of smiley faces, the last time I sent him something to look at or to use, I was like, Oh, I noticed you used my my stuff, but you took out the smiley faces and he was like, That was you.
0: <laughs> I yeah, thought <laughs> in my defense, I thought that she had just like copied these slides from some like somebody else and was sending it to me, not like like plagiarizing them just because I had asked her for some information so I could read over it. Well then I was gonna show it to my PA students and they had like smiley faces over it. I was like <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> so I deleted them all Man, deleted. I, I didn't realize They were her smiley face. He faces. switched them to frowny face. I would have kept them Well there were some smiley Some frowny Like to show <laughs> Which ones were which She did have a A good uh, table That she included though In my diabetes lecture today that uh, oh, yeah. It's called uh, the list. Well, I don't remember what the title of the thing was, but it basically had um, four different columns. I think there was mm-hmm. Corvino approved, uh, which had like GLP ones <laughs> and SGLT twos. Mm-hmm. Then there was semi trash, <laughs> you know, which had like a DP four inhibitors, mm-hmm. and then it had trash. Which was like, you know, our sulfony areas. Mm-hmm. And then it had like ultra trash or mega trash or whatever Double the trash. last one like was. That was like the Starlick. Yeah. And the crap like that.
1: And so uh, it's like the, um, when you read guidelines and it's like, yeah, this is level of evidence, like mm-hmm. 1C. Yeah. No, we got, uh, we've got Corvino approved, semi, ultra, and trash. Yeah. Good. I yeah.
0: like it. I like it too. Stags. So, anyways, that was a good idea, Marissa. Well done. Yes, well done. You're doing a great job on rotation, by the way. That's <laughs> why oh, she's on rotation with me right oh, now. Yeah. So uh, she's having, I having a month.
1: We'll see. We'll see if you can get that A. Mike's pretty stingy with those. Which I don't even think they do that anymore, right?
0: No, I think sadly, it's...
2: No. sadly, no. Sadly, I don't think you're sadly
1: sad about you it. I wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. then now they
2: have
0: like the with honors thing. Oh, they have that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we can still like. So
1: that's what you're going for. Good. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We'll see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Marissa, take us away. Number one, what's the first one? Start us off.
2: Number one, um, silliness between Sotalol versus or and Sotalol AF, not the AF you're thinking, the other <laughs> AF, AFib. Um, so when I got to looking into this, I could not find any difference in the actual like structure or the drug, um, and I kept going back and kept going back and finally figured out that um, law was approved in October of 1992 and that um, was for VTAC, and then about the time it was coming off patent, they um, saw a new indication, which was AF, AFib, and that uh, came about in 2000, so there's actually no difference between them from what I could tell. It's the same exact thing, just a a way to extend the patent, essentially.
0: Yeah, so technically speaking... They are two separate drugs. Mm-hmm. However, um, they—I mean—are essentially the same thing. So, right. from a legal standpoint, you're not supposed to substitute one for the other. So they're not AB rated, Correct. right? If right.
1: somebody writes for Sodalol and you have Sodalol AF right. in stock, you're not supposed to dispense right. that right. without checking. But as a prescriber, you can right. they're know gonna that these—they're—it's not, mm-hmm. not going to make a difference. Yeah. So, and it sounds like they're different, potentially different isomers
2: of the same drug.
1: Is that kind of what you're getting at, or are they literally like the exact same thing?
2: From what I can tell, they're literally the okay. same thing. Like they're both like it was just a new indication. Mm-hmm. It in the yeah, okay. just DNL um, gotcha. racemic mixture. Because so.
1: I like to, I like to say, well, what's the difference between these two? And I'm like, oh, there's different salt forms. You know, that's the easy mm-hmm. answer. But sometimes there's a little more, a yeah. little more to it. Stereo isomers. Yeah, stereo isomers. I always right? say that really quickly. Yeah, and they're <laughs> like, what? And like exactly?
0: Exactly. Don't <laughs> worry about it. I'm an organic chemist, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yep. Cool. All right. So um, the next one is the difference between um, like Kder and Ktabs and micro K. All basically all the different potassium chloride um, combinations that we have, and you know they come as either eight uh, or ten milliequivalents, equivalents, twenty milliequivalents. equivalents. There's one that actually has eight millie, or um, what is it, fifteen milliequivalents equivalents as well. Um, but basically, it's the the release mechanism of of these. Man, if you guys can hear this thunder, this is pretty intense. <laughs> pretty like intense. In right when it
1: thundered, year. the light changed, and I thought the I thought the power was about to go out. Yeah,
0: we're we're probably safe in here. Yeah, probably. if you guys hear, it, stop talking. That's what what happened. <laughs> Cole got struck. Um, so the micro K uh, is a capsule, and it's an extended release capsule. And so this is one that you know the patients can open up and actually sprinkle over like applesauce or pudding or whatever um but it is extended release so you got to make sure that they do uh not um chew the actual granules that are in inside the capsule um the k tab is a tablet form and that's uh, basically this this like wax matrix that that causes the extended release so they're not like the beads that are inside the capsule this is the actual tablet and this is the one that has the potential for a ghost tablet that can be seen in the stool so there's typically with this there's a tiny hole uh, in the center of the tablet um the osmotic pressure of from the intestines uh, sends water into this into that hole, pulls the medication out and leaves the the wax matrix tablet, ghost shell, whatever you want to call it um, behind, and it just is sent out through the the feces. Um but that's you may get a call, a call from a patient saying that they're not absorbing their their potassium because unfortunately they're seeing it in their stool if they're you know going in and taking a gander after they get done, taking a gander. Yeah, you like that
1: we're from south carolina yeah i I figured that was a good one
0: um and then uh there's also k dur which is another uh, formulation um basically it's just the the mechanism the, the extended release mechanism that is slightly different um compared to k tab so again these these are not uh technically interchangeable um But for the most part, you're looking more so at the mill equivalents, um, which in that case, they're going to be pretty similar. Um, But they are separate things. And this is where it gets confusing is when you are switching around generics and things like that, because some generics are approved for certain brands. So uh, if you have questions, make sure you check the FDA's website. They have their orange orange book is online, because I doubt anybody... You're really going with a hard copy.
1: Well, they used to have to keep it in the pharmacy, like those sorts of things in the pharmacy, but now as long as they have online access. access to them. So actually in your community pharmacy, I guess legally you may have to have access to it online mm-hmm. without even having to go to the website. Like you might yeah. have it on your computer system.
0: So make sure you check and make sure it's A, B rated because we want to fill the right prescription.
1: Yes, though doesn't really matter as long as they're getting the same medical. Not from a clinical standpoint. Not point. from a clinical standpoint.
0: Not that I would... All of that's from a legal standpoint. And you're going to have pharmacists that are like, you're going to put in a misfill for every little thing. Right. Instead of, you know, sweeping that under the rug. Right. Like a good partner. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> that's how Mike does it? You didn't hear that from me. I don't dispense really anymore, so I can say horrible right, you can things. Yeah, say whatever, yeah,
1: whatever you want. Yeah, it's great. I'm not going to say anything. Um, <laughs> cool. what would you do? <laughs> call the doctor. Call the doctor and bother him. <laughs> of course. Um, okay, so next we have the different versions of doxycycline. Um, so short story, it shouldn't really matter which one you use, like, which is why a lot of times they'll just write doxycycline. It's like, hey, that's, that's okay. We're going to dispense one. Uh, but you know, there's high, doxycycline high clate, doxycycline monohydrate. So that's different salt forms. There's also capsules and tablets of each, and there's also delayed release and immediate release versions. Um, so as far as the high clate goes, there's the Dorix brand name generic, which are the tablets. Uh, there's also the periostat, which is immediate release In tablets. The dorx is, is uh, delayed release. And then there's also doxycycline, um, high-clate delayed-release capsules. Uh, as far as the differences, um, with the delayed release, the idea is that it could decrease some GI side effects. The tablets can be broken but not crushed. Um, interestingly, the delayed-release capsules can be opened and sprinkled. Both of them can be sprinkled onto applesauce immediately before eating. This was news to me. Didn't know that. Um, the periostat um, is a lower dose like 20 milligrams um, approved for gum disease you'd want to take that one hour before or two hours after a meal Then there's also the monohydrates those are the highclates these are the monohydrate generics capsules and tablets Um, the monohydrate is less acidic than the doxycycline highclate so I guess from a absorption standpoint you might get a difference there Uh, this may affect GI tolerability And, um, the bioavailability of doxycycline monohydrate is reduced at a high pH, uh, which may affect a patient who is on long-term acid suppressive therapy, like PPIs, um, or those who have had gastric bypass surgery. So that might be really the only time you're considering a difference between these. Um, otherwise there are differences in prices. I had a patient, um, come in, it was for a dog and it was 240. And I think it was written for like doxycycline high capsules but i was like just trying all the different versions because it was like a thousand dollars so i was trying cash price you know so i was trying all the different versions and i think i found one that was like 300 i think it was the monohydrate tablets interestingly but usually i think of the high click capsules as being the most common Uh, but there are price differences and i guess it just depends on where you're working at (laughs) which one's more expensive and which one's not
0: also too um did you mention the 40 milligram capsules at all that nope. is used for like rosacea um, or acne. So there's a extended release um, capsule form that's a 40 milligram that's used in, like, like I said, acne and rosacea and whatnot. And the thought process behind that and the 20 milligram tablets that's available is that they are... At uh, submicrobial, like antimicrobial doses, so that it'll help with um, the actual acne and the inflammation and whatnot. Um, however, it's not going to induce any kind of like resistance to the doxycycline. Um, but the 40 milligram extended release is actually a combination of 30 milligrams of ER and 10 milligrams of immediate release kind of put together. So that's just kind of a weird caveat to that one. Yep. But they are both available, to my knowledge, as generics now as well. Yes. So they were expensive for a minute. All right, um, the 10 zillion different diltiazem formulations. So um, it's kind of interesting you brought that one up because we actually, if you go, (laughs) selfless plug here, if you go to the website, which we've, really really terrible about using cole's done yes. some work on it and
1: uh, i did work like a year ago on it I'm so not, please don't blame me for much. what it looks like
0: we've <laughs> not done much sense no really. um if you go to that there's a one tab at the on the home page called um charts and something um <laughs> if you go to the uh, cardiovascular um, section of the charts there's one that says diltiazem comparison chart and i had made this a long time ago i don't even remember why i did this but um how'd you know this was on the website? because I put it on there.
1: Oh, you put it on here? Yeah. Well,
0: literally like probably a year and a half ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I even have uh, the coreconsoleRx.com on the bottom right corner. Oh, really? Yeah, copyrighted. (laughs) It's a (laughs) Word document table. (laughs) Fancy. So um, basically, just to give you a quick rundown, um, there is Cardizem, is the brand name, um, Tablets, which is an immediate release Diltiazem tablet that is typically dosed three to four times a day. And then there is the Cardizem LA and SR. The LA is a tablet, which is just an extended release, a long acting, it's once a day, but the capsule is 12 hour. Um, so that's the big difference, checking the brand name specifically, and because um, they both have generics available. And then there there is another one called Dilacor XR. So it's a diltiazem capsule as well. It's 24 hours, but this is the one that is basically extended-release tablets inside of a capsule. And they're just kind of, if you were to open the Mm. capsule, and I I actually did this at my old pharmacy, you know, full disclosure now that I don't work anymore, um, to see if this was real. (laughs) I opened up a capsule because I was like, I got to see this. And there's literally just tablets in there. Um, There's little like four extended-release tablets in there. And so, uh, yeah, that's how they extend the release of that specific capsule. And then there is the Cardizem CD, which is another 24-hour version of Diltiazem capsules, except this is um, where they have encapsulated beads that are inside of the capsule itself. Um, And then there is, the other one is uh, um, Tyzac uh, ER, which is another capsule. It's still 24 hours, except this one, the beads are coated with this rate-controlling polymer. So they're actually immediate release beads um they're inside the capsule but they have this polymer over and that makes them extend release mm. um so all of it basically is to say that one you have to make sure that your dosing frequency is correct so typically once daily for capsules unless it's the cardizem the sr so if you mm-hmm. see diltiazem and usually the generics are good about putting like 12 hour on the actual label right it'll probably be on there but just in case make sure um and that's twice daily and then the tablets it, the LA is once daily, but the other ones three or four times daily, which is kind of a unique dosing regimen for
1: that. Yeah, the issue you run into is when it's handwritten. Yes, they'll and
0: write, it'll just rightilize them. In. Yeah. So, and a lot of times it doesn't matter. I just right really, a, as long as you get the dosing right, it yeah. really
1: doesn't matter. Uh, but you want to, you know, you don't want any, you don't want any misfills and all that. Kind
0: yeah, of stuff. again, we're talking about this from a kind of a legality standpoint not necessarily a clinically relevant standpoint right. unless it's the 12 hour versus 24 hours right. yeah dosing so go to the website you can check that out and um it's that's free you can just download it and uh, it's a pdf file on there
1: it, except you have to send us five dollars if you download it
0: <laughs> yeah please send us five dollars <laughs> <It's>
1: paypal <us. laughs> venmo me then <laughs> no only all right what else Might go next
0: which one do you I'm want marissa it? go for it
2: So Procardia XL versus the Adalat CC. Um, So this is nifedipine. Um, These are going to be a calcium channel blocker for hypertension and available um, as an immediate release, but as well as a couple of different um, 24-hour extended release formulations. Um, The extended release formulations are termed GITS the uh, g-i-t-s so gastrointestinal therapeutic system and then cc is the coat core so procardia xl and then the nifedical xl are two of the um brand names that are are the GITS, the gastrointestinal therapeutic system um while the adelaide cc and the Nifedic, nifediac cc um are going to be the the cc formulation so they have the very very similar pharmacokinetics but again they're not ab rated so they shouldn't be interchanged um even though they are essentially the same thing kind of the same thing with the um the one we were we we're just going over the details of. them
1: it's funny um how many of these are essentially the same thing but if you didn't feel the same thing it would be wrong mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'll do the next one cause I, I was actually looking into this recently for somebody, but, um, so Vistaril and Atarax. So you may have heard of both of these. These are, uh, hydro- different hydroxyzine formulations. Essentially there is no difference at all in how they work. Uh, they are different salt forms. So one is Vistaril or, um, the Vistaril is the hydroxyzine pamoate, and the Atarax is the hydroxyzine hydrochloride. I always supposed that Atarax was the one that was initially approved for anxiety because when I was on my psych rotation, everybody called it Atarax. But looking into that a little more, it doesn't seem like it's necessarily true for someone who was around then. You might could correct me, but I couldn't find that one was approved for one indication first over the other. Uh, but for the most part, they work for the exact same thing. Sometimes you might see Vistral used together with other medications given for anesthesia, uh, you might see Vistral used to control nausea and vomiting. But um, generally, they can be used interchangeably, especially because the Visteril, the PAMA weight version, has been on back order. I think we can get the 25 milligrams now, or no, we can get the 50 milligrams now, but I think we can't even still get the 25 milligrams. Um, so if you can get a hold of the doc and switch it to the HCL tabs or whatever, frequently the PAMA weight is capsules and the HCL are tablets, um, then that's totally fine. It's gonna work even as, if it's being used for anxiety or itching. It's all the same. So yeah, but again, misfill if you dispense one instead of the other if it was written for the brand name yeah
0: one being and you said tablets versus capsules hcl
1: right? usually tablets it is tablets and the panel weights capsules yeah
0: cool all right um what else we got um uh, depico er versus dr so um extended release versus delayed release um so you know a lot of times the uh, the prescription will come through for just um Depakot or Dival Prox, um, but it won't have an abbreviation on there and they'll just have a sig. so that def- definitely happens sometimes. Um, so the pro Prox, the uh, delayed release is typically going to be a um, twice a day dosing. Um, and then the extended release is once a day dosing but this this happens a lot where i'll and i've seen this at our own clinic too because it's just gets it's easy to get clicking on the electronic um prescribing you know tablet thing and uh send it'll send over the delayed release but then have the directions for extended release so it's only going to last in the system about 12 hours or so and before you would need to technically redose the delayed release and so you um, would definitely want to make sure that's correct and if they I don't know. I always kind of assumed if I saw no abbreviation, I would go based on the directions and give either delayed release or extended release. But I have also seen extended release given
1: twice a day. So um, but generally delayed release twice. Twice extended release, extended once. release once. Yeah.
0: And I don't know of any. I don't personally know. It's probably because you know I'm not in psych, but I don't personally know of any reason to give the extended release twice a day and you like added benefit to that other than maybe adjusting for adverse effects. But yeah. Um, there's a a link that I can post. Um, that marissa found called uh the honest apothecary um dot com and there's a um a story or a blog or something that they have on there called confused by Dival prox dr versus er so i'll put the link in there and that's that must be what you're talking about cole with the smiley face Yeah, explains it beautifully with smiley face you're i right. also
1: saw a comment that um you know <laughs> that the the writer of this document was had a doctor get upset at them for calling to clarify and i was like hmm, what am i called to clarify um, so that, that was another reason I was like maybe this wasn't Mike that was
0: a direct copy <laughs>
1: from the guy who asked the questions uh, yeah, that was come not on me. Um, okay, so that wasn't you good No. Um, so this was the guy, but speaking of the guy who got with the doctor got upset. so if you're calling on um, on one of these to clarify, I think it's wise not to like I don't know I'll hear people almost try to blame the doctors like why didn't you put this on there? Mm but you know it's a lot of it's really ticky tacky and they're not going to think about that kind of stuff which is totally fine so just you know it also blame may be the, the may that's actually sending the prescription over right. anyway yeah. who may the not the doctor have a clue says that that's a the doc- different the doctor writes in his note that they're going to prescribe Depakote and then they just choose one click one yeah, yeah. that so happens for sure no reason to to try to to um to throw some blame around yeah <laughs>
0: Cole's always trying to be the peacemaker. I, I, I don't, like it.
1: That's really... Most of my job during the day is like, if I'm not getting yelled at, I'm probably doing a good job. If I'm getting yelled at, it doesn't mean I'm doing a bad job, but let's right. see what we can do to prevent mm. getting yelled at today. Gotcha. That's a
0: good point. I like to go to war with people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> there are people like that. <laughs> don't, don't. Yeah, there are people that are like on a mission to just cause problems for everyone. I've no never reason.
1: fired a patient. I don't know if I'm even allowed to do that but i know pharmacists who did mm-hmm. so. fire a patient like yeah. like they work for you <laughs> right like i'm not gonna feel for you anymore
0: all right marissa you want to take another one
2: sure so the next one was the prevident 5000 versus booster plus and they are both 1.1 sodium fluoride um they're also both only uh prescription or prescription only sorry uh so Again, essentially the same thing. The biggest difference is the Booster Plus has a little bit different um, delivery system, or as Colgate would say, an enhanced fluoride delivery system. Mm. Uh, mm, that all makes <laughs> sense now. Okay. Colgate. Uh, so, again, basically the same thing, not from a legal standpoint, but if you had, like, a high-risk patient um, – or someone, I guess, that the dentist was overly worried about the fluoride delivery or something like that. Uh, that would be the the reason for the booster plus. Otherwise, you're probably okay with just the the five thousand or the five thousand plus.
0: Because I feel like some of the like the pre filled out prescription, mm-hmm. they have like they have like you they have all the products right. listed. and You can check one. I feel like these are separated even on there. Yeah. So I guess there are definitely maybe situations where they would be worried about the fluoride delivery system. Or I've
1: seen where it's just frequently written as like Prevident 5000 so I guess you're supposed to clarify that. Yeah. Good. Good.
0: Good. Good. <laughs> um, cool. And then uh, you have a link on this one too. Is that information or is that just how you can buy some?
2: Um. It, well, it was more just information for like professionals trying to buy it okay. or, like, for their clinic or something like that. Um, but if you just Google, like if you go on the Colgate website, um, everything that I've Found uh, will come up right
0: there. Cool. So. Sweet. I'm, I'm not going to include that in the uh, show notes. Just Google. Use your uh, drug drug. Uh, what's the drug yeah, discovery, drug discovery knowledge, uh,
1: knowledge or drug information? Drug information. Okay, okay. There yeah. you go. I was like drug discovery. That doesn't sound <laughs> right. That sounds like a building.
0: You want to discovering anything? Yeah. Google. I, it's my mesh terms. Oof. Some people are angry hearing <laughs> that. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> if I offended you. Um, all right. So the difference between Adacel and Boostrix. Um, So, technically speaking, these are the Tdap formulations that we have available. Um, Technically speaking, um, the Adacel is licensed by the FDA for patients 10 to 64 years old. Um, And there's also Boostrix, which is approved for patients over 10 years old, and so there's no age cutoff. And so, the... Technical answer is that um, patients who are older than 65 um, would have gotten the boost tricks. However, the CDC and the ACIP and all that have, have said um, that they want you to just give whatever one is available, um, which... Oh, have they?
1: Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So you can do the adesol and over 65? They
0: said... That's what they said. So I don't know... Because when I first got licensed, and this, is, again, was before the, the ACIP made their recommendations, but um, they... When I first got licensed, I had to call a bunch of patients who had gotten out of cell and had to um, tell them they had like a quote unquote misfill Mm -hmm. because they got the wrong. They were over 65 and got the wrong vaccine.
1: Well, since you told that anecdote on the podcast, because I wasn't aware of it until you mentioned it like a year and a half ago. I've caught it like four times that it was about, and we switched it before it was given. But well, it's interesting to know that well, ACIP I would, doesn't care. I would
0: check with yeah, whoever you work for. If you officially right. like you're a chain pharmacy right. or something, I would check with uh, corporate, like legal, to see because they still yeah. may get you as a misfill right. if they're trying to be like by the book. But the ACIP and all that still says to go ahead and give whatever one. Right. So if you're in a clinic, doesn't matter. But um, and then the other thing was, and I don't know if this has been updated, especially yeah. since the. Um, the pregnancy categories has kind of gone away, but I know one thing that was different for a while was that the Anacel was considered a category C and then, uh, boostrix was category B. Did you Mm. see anything about that Marissa when you were looking into it? And I think it was just a matter of testing, um, how they got the label changed, but they were different for a little while.
2: It is mentioned, and uh, there we can include the link to the CDC website. Um, there's a nice 44-page document that outlines all of this, which is where um, I saw that mentioned. I didn't like dive specifically into the pregnancy category, but it's on there for you to look at. And
1: okay. I guess C would just mean they haven't really looked into it with the Addisell, but mm-hmm. it, so they don't really care which trimester. I thought it was third trimester.
0: So yeah, they I think 27 to 32 weeks is the recommended, um, because everyone. The, so that's the other thing. It's, it's everyone um, that is pregnant is supposed to get this. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things that it's obviously safe in pregnancy. Right. But if you're really trying to cover your bases or if you're just paranoid about... Boostrix. You know, boost, right? Boostrix is the one that has the more more data with pregnancy, even though it's recommended to get this vaccine But it still pregnancy. is third trimester, though, right? Yeah, yeah okay. 27 weeks to 32 weeks, yes. if I remember correctly, is the current recommendation. So yeah, I should mention that, Um, you know... To, to clarify, but it otherwise, is definitely the, still in, recommended
1: in the general population. Even though these do have like different amounts of the individual vaccines, um, it doesn't. I mean, they've gotten the same results from both of mm. them, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And there's even cases where if you don't have, if you need a uh, tetanus booster and it's not available, like TD is not available, you can just use Tdap again, depending on the uh, when they had their last one. So there's a whole. Uh, if you look at the pink book that the mm. CDC has, there's a whole breakdown of when you can use this and the time in between doses and all that. Right. And I think that the the, the I haven't actually seen the minutes for the um, June meeting for ACIP because I think they brought up um, the Tdap as well because it's the effectiveness is starting to become a question now of wow. how if it's really lasting like 10 years and uh, if you only need one dose of it to cover pertussis and all that. So course. I don't know. They may be starting to look at maybe getting it more frequently interesting
1: hmm so I'll, interesting.
0: we'll talk about that more when we actually know about it we will
1: kind of like when we were podcasting on Chingrix before it even came out and now Man, it's just like we were really we were ahead of the game right ahead of our time <laughs> before our time okay so next uh we have two different formulations of morphine so cadian which i've never dispensed and ms cotton um both are uh extended release morphine formulations, the MS cotton can be um, split into two doses. every 12 hours, but it can also be in three doses every eight hours. That's the main difference. As far as dosing goes between it and Cadian, it it has to be two doses every 12 hours. There's differences in um, the pharmacokinetics of the both of them. Ultimately, it seems like they were just two different brand names that were, approved and have um, slightly different pharmacokinetics, but for the most part, you're going to get similar amounts of uh, morphine between the two of them. Um, The idea is that they are going to release more slowly, both of them, than an immediate release morphine, of course, and you're not going to get as many peaks, and so you're not going to get the same high that you might get from a um, morphine dose. Cadian uh, also does not readily cross the blood-brain barrier, which also, even though it does, um, have its analgesic activity. Uh, so that's another reason it might have a lower risk for abuse, and I think that it's just the idea between the two of them.
0: And then we also have the two, did you mention the two abuse-deterrent forms of morphine that we have now? No. Uh, um, did we have the, um, I think it's pronounced Arimo er and Morphobond-ER, um, which are two forms of Or morphine both dosed every 12 hours but they um can also uh they have have a deterrent in there to hopefully um keep people from abusing them and basically it it works on either the uh, if you were to melt down the morphine to inject it right um and just keeps them from doing it but you can still take a bunch by mouth and abuse it if you wanted to go that way so and it's a lot more expensive um, the other thing is Did you mention That every 12 hours Versus every 8 hours Yes Okay good Never mind. I'll continue That's what I get For not listening <laughs> I was reading the next one To see what else we had I read. like that you ask now Instead of just saying I do I usually it. just say it before And There's now problem. I've The first better. 30
1: episodes We just like Because I did the same thing We I would, repeat ourselves I would be reading like ahead And mm-hmm. then I'd be like Oh oh, Mike didn't say this Really good point And it turns out He <laughs> already be, made that Really I good better, point I better make that point for him <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. He's not ready for it Not ready for it Alright <laughs> what else we got Mercy you want to do another one I know how much you like talking on the recording.
1: She loves it.
0: L- Can you not get enough of it?
2: <laughs> cannot. not. Um, sure.
1: We're giving you a lot of time to talk. Usually we just talk over the students on accident. They don't <laughs> a- say on anything. accident. <laughs> right. On accident.
2: Um, so the high single, high single and Zohydro. I've only ever seen Zohydro once in a bottle. It wasn't even being dispensed. Um, I, I don't know if you guys dispense that or not. They're from one. I mean, they're super expensive. We um, do. The,
1: I think we have one person on the high singla, so I actually see that about once a month or so.
0: And my old pharmacy used to have one person on each. Oh, I had on one, each, one person on high single and one person on zo <laughs> so he used to order it like crazy.
2: So um, these two, uh, again, essentially the same thing. They are just plain uh, or not plain hydrocodone so there's no there's nothing else with it there's no tylenol there's nothing like that Um, but they kind of similar to the ms cotton um, and the cadian situation they're just the extended release forms so you don't get the same peaks Um, when zohydro was the first to come out and when it was first released on the market in 2013 it didn't have any abuse deterrent or anything like that Um, now we have bead tech technology and that is supposed to keep it from being um, readily or easily abused so it uh, basically turns into like a really thick gel when you crush it um, or dissolve it into a liquid so that's the zohydro And then the high singula has always had the abuse deterrent to it, and that came out on the market in 2014. The um, again, the maximum concentrations are lower. Uh, The half life allows for it to be dosed relatively every 24 hours, and you would uh, assume, or you you would think that you would be at steady state within three days of starting it. Um, Same thing, can't crush it. And that's basically that. So, Are there any
1: other extended-release hydrocodons? Or are these the only two?
0: Uh, I'd have to think about it. I can't um, think of any other. There's, There's the other, like, the, the new version of hydrocodone. I'm, I'm just trying to think of the name of it. You know, they got approved. It's like a purified version of hydrocodone. I cannot for the life of me think of what the name
1: is. Well, while you look that up, I did have one more that um, Mr. Mike, not Mike Orvino, the other Mike, mm. um, threw at us, which was the difference between the... Um, MDI inhalers, the Proventil, the Ventolin, and the Proair, um, which I guess we all kind of know that there isn't really a difference, but they're not A-B rated. So if one writes for one, you're not supposed to dispense the other kind of thing. Um, you'll see that they have different pack sizes, I guess. So the Ventolin is like 18 grams, Proair is 8.5, and uh, Proventil memory serves is like 6.6 or something along those lines. Um, so generally, I would think that there isn't much of a difference because they all dispensed the 90 micrograms of, um, of albuterol per inhalation. Though I found uh, something from the University of Arizona that compared the three um, based on the amount of, um, what did they call it, fine particle doses that you get of albuterol with um, each inhalation. And they actually found that you get the most from ProAir. So essentially throughout the course of the inhaler, the most efficient one is ProAir. And the least efficient one is Ventolin with ProVentil in the middle. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I th- feel like Ventolin the one I usually dispense. It's the cheapest um, just by a little bit over ProAir with ProVentil being the most expensive. But apparently ProAir is slightly more, well, to their mind, it's 2.5 times more economical. I don't know if I totally agree with that. But <laughs> it is uh, is apparently a little more economical than Ventolin based on the um, amount of actual dose you get throughout the course of the inhaler and then how expensive it is. Yep. So,
0: the uh, medication I was thinking of is called Benz hydrocodone and Tylenol. Oh, yeah, I heard that. The um, Apidaz is the brand name. So, um, there's a, basically hydrocodone, if you were to convert it, is 5 milligrams of that is equivalent to 4.08 milligrams of Benz hydrocodone. Um, and hmm. that's how they come. It comes as 325 milligrams of Tylenol, and the Benz hydrocodone is 4.08. Is a beta release? Mm, uh, it's a it is yeah it's every four to
1: six hours so it's like abuse of turn or something like that
0: supposedly the benzodiazepine and i looked this up when it first came out last year but um i can't remember what it was but somehow it it doesn't um something about the structure um that's different when that benzodiazepine structure somehow it it affects uh, like the euphoria or something like that where you can't Deter- all right. Somehow as an abuse deterrent, I can't. I don't, I'm going to sound like an idiot trying to explain it because I don't remember. But so abuse it's de- something
1: abuse deterrent Norco is the idea.
0: Yeah, but it's a different. Sh- it's actually a different chemical structure right. this time, yeah. as opposed to just the mechanism turning it's into s- a gel. S- or s- something.
1: Serve the same immediate release idea with yeah. the hydrocodone. And C mm-hmm.
0: I haven't ever seen it. in Actual practice. Neither of them. Yeah, it's out there. And I just it was driving me nuts. I had to figure it out. I, rem- I do remember um, whenever Zohydro was first being discussed, there was, we were doing, I was in school at the time, and they were talking about this. Um, because it was during the pharmacotherapy part that talks about like toxicology and like drug overdoses and certain things and um, poisonings and all that. And we were talking – the person who was lecturing – I don't remember who it was um, – was lecturing at the- – she might have been from the Poison Center. But she was talking about this forum that was like very like widely known that people just discuss – like it like abusing drugs on her for you know euphoria or for you know mm-hmm. recreational purposes mm-hmm. and um they, they were she was pulling up some of the threads that were people basically saying how psyched they were to uh have a, a purified like hydrocodone without tylenol in it and they were like <laughs> finally Christ. i can't wait for this to come out the best way to to inject it is going <laughs> to be like they had like all these people talking about it before it ever even was approved it was just like in talk still
1: i've heard of that too um because I think in that same kind of lecture they showed us where you can look up like street prices of Mm -hmm. drugs and all that kind of stuff. And they were talking about how gabapentin is frequently abused Mm -hmm. and it can like perpetuate the high of methadone. They did some big study in Kentucky where they had similar increases in mortality when you combine gabapentin with opioids, kind of like benzos, not as bad as benzos, but like a similar idea to it.
0: They were calling uh, Seroquel baby heroin? Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Seroquel is being abused. Interesting.
0: Abuse all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Who knew? I know, but um, yeah. So that's my fun hydro story. <laughs> so much fun. Um, and then the other thing that he asked was about the different formulations of methylfetorate. So Ritalin LA, CD, and the you know ER tablets. That's like the Concerta. Um, so Ritalin LA is a combination of extended release and immediate release put together. So it's, it's actually a 50-50 ratio. Um, and then CD is still immediate release and extended release, but it's a different ratio, so it's 70-30 um, in, those, uh, in, in the CD formulation. And then the Concerta, obviously, is a separate um, extended release tablet. And then now we have, we have a new methylphenidate Isn't it that just got kind of approved um, for like a super long acting formulation of it once daily? Sounds familiar. I wish I knew, like, would look this stuff up before I open my mouth. But so
1: the, like on the generics, when they're written on the scripts, they're frequently just, they'll say like methylphenidate ER, in parentheses, it says CD. So I guess the idea but around, but, uh, but for, they're going for the CD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but there's, there's also a ER.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: there should be most of the ones that are like generics for CD specifically have um CD like in parentheses right. after ER. So you're and going that's for the, the one CD, that's the specific 70-30 okay. versus the LA which is 5050. 50, 50, 50. 50. Okay. Yeah. Um makes sense. Let me see if I can pull this up really quick. And uh also, you know, since Cole brought up the albuterol, um if you know if you're wondering hmm is albuterol still my best option i have this asthmatic patient who really needs <laughs> something different um, maybe check out our asthma guideline update.
1: Yeah, maybe check that out. Ever since we did that, I've been seeing it all over the place. We've emails been, about it. We've been starting
0: on, to use Simbacort for. Um,
1: or actually, I'm, actually, I still haven't seen Simbacort. I just mean that I've been seeing like uh, posts about it all over the place, like emails and online and stuff. But you've actually been seeing it.
0: We um, we started. We actually met with a, uh, a nurse practitioner student today because she saw a patient and the patient could only afford one inhaler. Um, And she was using her albuterol like three or four times a week. And so we talked to her about she couldn't afford the ICS and Mm -hmm. that they were worried about, well, if she has uh, an attack like and she she doesn't have a rescue inhaler, what are they going to do? So they were going to just give her albuterol again. Um, So I brought up the new guidelines, even though technically speaking she should be on daily ICS probably um, because she can't afford it and she wasn't going to get it. Um, We brought up using SimbaCort as because we have a Simbacort, I discounted Simbacort um, now as our for our cash price because we with our 340B pricing we can get it um, at a cost-effective rate for the patient. So I discounted that one down to about the same price as the albuterols were to try to push the new guidelines. Mm-hmm. And um, so we ended up switching her to the Simbacort as needed instead of the albuterol as needed to see if that helps. Plus we get some ICS good action on there. Yeah. Um, but when I first said that the nurse practitioner student because you know they're learning that you always use a rescue inhaler mm-hmm. and albuterols for everybody so when i first said that she just stared at me like waiting for the i'm just kidding yeah. and she's looking at me like i was crazy and i was like <laughs> i said use it as needed she's like um okay no <laughs> we're not and gonna so do I, that i had to exp- explain myself this
1: pharmacist has no idea what's yeah, going this guy on is an idiot <laughs> it was pretty funny they
0: made you director but she was uh she was I'm um, very appreciative that we took time to talk to her after we explained it, and she was like, "Oh shoot, okay." Yeah, good. <laughs> so they tried it, and we'll see what happens. Excellent. Thing. Anyways, I don't know where that um, new formulation is for the methylphen. I'm pretty sure there's a new one though.
1: So uh, there's always new ones coming out with, uh, yeah, you know, dissolvables and all that. Kind of Sorry guys, I blew it. Blew it. Mike. I blame. I blame Cole. <laughs> yeah. As always.
0: All right. Anything else? Was that everything?
1: That was all I got. Yeah, I can't believe we stretched that one into. Solid uh Oh my gosh, it's almost an hour. What are we doing?
0: So, appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for the uh, suggestion. Hope yes. that was
1: somewhat helpful. It was a great, thoughtful email. We've gotten a lot of good ones like that. So, uh, keep them coming. And yes. We might, I think this was the first episode we've done based on like an email rec- or like a... A full recommendation. Yeah. Rec- like a recommendation that we did a full podcast on. Yeah.
0: So, thank you. And if you guys have any other suggestions like that, um, please send it. Especially if you want to give us a whole bunch of questions to answer. That was super easy. And if you hate this, po- this episode...
1: Don't blame us. Yeah, blame Mike. Yeah, blame Mike. Different Mike, not Different
0: me. Life, yeah. But um, yeah, so thank you guys so much for the emails you do send us. Um, and then um, I we even the mean comments that we get like on YouTube and stuff. Sometimes We'd I laughed it. really, really <laughs> hard. At the last one I won't say it on the recording because it, it was really kind of does. bad. But I was dying laughing. So that was uh, that made my
1: day. Good stuff.
0: <laughs> Good stuff. And uh, but yeah, appreciate the comments. The ratings on on in, on uh, iTunes helps us out tremendously. Also, we're going to be—I um, don't know if Cole knows this or not, but I'm telling him now. Well, we have like I shirts, like stuff shirts and lot. hats and things like that that we are actually um, getting made um, right now. So, if you want to, uh, if you're a student, you want to just wear like the coolest stuff around uh, campus and show show your support um, and, and support the podcast. We'll have that stuff available online. So, keep an eye out for like on Instagram and all that. And if not, just keep listening. It's all good. If you can't afford a shirt, wear a wear a shirt you already have. It's all good. <laughs> But um, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you next time, Marissa. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. See you tomorrow. (laughs) See you tomorrow, rotation. Don't be late. Bye, guys.